We hear from Job this morning, and oftentimes we will hear the phrase, he or she has the patience of Job. That's not really an accurate phrase, probably shouldn't be used, because Job had no patience. In the story, which is not meant to be taken literally, it's a parable, and the people of the time of Job being constructed, if they thought we would have taken this literally, they would have thought something was wrong with us. Uh, because that's in Middle Eastern literature, there's ways you say things. And they rely a lot on parable and on metaphor. And this is a parable. And there's always something in a parable that is not true. But everybody knows it's not true. So it makes you work harder to understand what has been said. The book starts out with Job uh, being at the top of the world. He's married. He has two daughters that the scriptures identify as the most beautiful daughters everywhere. He's wealthy. He has flocks. He has cattle. I mean, everything in his life is just perfect. Then it says that the devil and God started talking about, and the devil mainly, about how the devil can get people to be unfaithful to God. And God said, I don't think you can do that. And the devil said, oh, I can. So they make a bet. And Job is chosen to be the one that Satan is going to try to make unfaithful to God. Now, that's the not true part. God would never throw us under the bus like that. That's not how God works. But yet, you know, they have to be able to explain things. And, and so this wonderful parable, this wonderful metaphor. But Job's story is like ours. Job, in the end, has lost everything. His daughters leave. His wife leaves him. He loses all of his fortune. He's homeless. Even his friends won't have anything to do with him because they reason that the only reason bad things are happening to him is because he's a sinner. And, and this is the punishment, because he has sinned. But Job knows he's never done anything wrong. He's been nothing but faithful to God. And he's been good. So his question is the question we have a lot. Why me? What did I ever do to deserve this? You know, God, you've got some explaining to do. <laughs> You know, and, and so, you know, we've done that ourselves, just like Job. And, and Job, if it could be bad for us, it was worse for Job. Ah, the devil throws everything at him he possibly can to get him to be unfaithful to God. Now, I said Job wasn't patient. He was not. Instead, Job gets angry with God for what's happening to him. He shakes his fist at God. You know, why are you doing this? I don't deserve this. Have you lost your mind? You know, I mean, if we were to translate literally some of the Hebrew about what Job says to God, if we did it literally, I could not use those words here in church. And if I did, somebody would text the bishop before we got out of here. <laughs> Job is angry with God. Job becomes despondent. He gives in to despair. Every possible emotion that he could have when bad things happen, 
he has. He's confused, he doesn't understand, and he's very angry. And he tells God how angry he is. But the hallmark of Job is this. As angry as he was with God, he never quit believing in God. He remained faithful despite every reason not to. So instead of talking about the patience of Job, we want to talk about the faithfulness of Job. Did things turn around immediately for him? No, he lives a long life with every possible bad thing happening to him. But in the end, Job is faithful to God, and God rewards him. He marries again, he has more children, he gains his wealth back, all because he was faithful. You know, and when we look at our own lives, we all have bad stuff happen to us. And sometimes it seems like we're on the beach during a storm and the waves are huge and they just keep coming and coming and coming. And we do want to give up on God. And in fact, we do give up on God sometimes. Paul is being treated terribly. Being belittled. They call him names. You know, they don't want to debate Paul on the issues because Paul would win. So they have to be subversive. And ugly and mean, name-calling. But Paul stays faithful as well. And he finds his strength and his source of, of staying with it in the role God has given him to preach the message. And Paul says, you know, who cares what other people think about me? Who cares, what all this, who cares about all this stuff happening? As long as I'm doing what God asks, I'm a happy man. Now, he does say that, you know, as he goes on, he may not have a lot of success. He may only convert a handful of people. But that reminds us that success is not in our hands anyway. Success belongs to God. Attempts belong to us. And Paul keeps reminding himself, and by that way, everybody else, this is my vocation, if you will, is to preach the message. I'm not getting anything out of this, folks. I just preach the message of God. And that knowledge, that sense of focus, allows him to go on. Now, it's not completely clear in this passage from Mark, but have to go a little further in it, but here's Jesus, and it talks about him being in the synagogue and people bringing to him all who are ill and possessed by demons. The whole town gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out demons. In the evening, he goes off to pray. He gets up early in the morning, prays, and then he tells everybody, we're going to another town. What it, what's not completely clear, but becomes clear, is that while Jesus is certainly doing all of this out of love, he's frustrated because that's all people want from him. All they want is for Jesus to heal them, cast out demons. They don't care about the message, and they don't even want the message. They just want the magic. They want the miracles. Well, okay, you know, they're human. If somebody could heal one of our relatives who's terribly ill, wouldn't that be what we want. 
But the only reason Jesus does the miracles is not for the benefit of the people he's curing. He does it to show that he has power over evil and he has authority to heal. Showing the power over evil, showing his authority should make them want to listen to the message. But they don't want to. So Jesus says, let's move on. Let's go to another, there's other towns and villages that need to hear what I have to say. These are all stories about things in our lives. The bad things that happen and seem to be going on and on. The people that attack us for, for no good cause and we don't deserve their abuse, but we're catching it anyway. And, you know, sometimes we have some things to say and things to teach, but nobody wants to hear it from us. We can find ourselves here. But what we want to pick up from Job especially, no matter what it looks like, no matter how bad it feels, Job did not give up on God, and that's the message for us. Do not give up on God. We may not get an answer to the question, why me? But it's the faith that we have, ultimately the resurrection, that in the end all things turn out for the good, for God's good and our good. But if we can't stay faithful, we'll never see it. It's not easy being faithful sometimes. Like Job, we may have every reason in the world not to stay faithful, but be faithful anyway. Be faithful anyway, because it's worth it. Because it's worth it. God truly never lets anybody live a life of terrible, ongoing, never-ending misfortune. As long as we cooperate with God, that won't happen to us. But if we give up on God... There's no hope. Don't give up. Keep believing. And when you pray, be honest with God. You tell God exactly how you feel about your circumstances. If you have to, get angry with God. You tell God exactly what you think. Now in the end, God might be laughing at you because God knows what's coming. But tell God what you think. Share all of yourselves with God in the most honest way possible. You know, people will come to confession, and and I may have said this before, and they'll say, Father, I need to confess this and this. I need to confess that I've been angry with God. And I will always ask the same question, almost always. I'll say, did you tell God you're angry with him? Oh, no, how could I tell God I'm angry with him? As if he doesn't know. When you pray, tell God the truth as you feel it. And don't give up.